Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by Amanda E., Amanda G., Annabelle, and Annalise. These are just a few of the patrons of the Rural Woman Podcast supporting the stories of women in agriculture to be shared through the Rural Woman Podcast on Patreon. With your financial support of the Rural Woman Podcast, you ensure the stories that have either inspired you, motivated you to try something new on your farm, ranch, or homestead, or heck, even just made you a little misty, continue to be shared through your earbuds each and every week. Head on over to wildrosefarmer.com and learn more about how you can become a patron through Patreon. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. This week's episode, we are going to be doing an AKA episode, which means Ask Caitlin Anything. We haven't done one of these shows since all the way back in episode 23. And as I've mentioned before, I really don't enjoy doing solo episodes because I don't know what to talk about. But these ones are good because you give me questions to think about and give me topics to talk about all by myself. So I'm excited to jump into the questions that I received over on Instagram and the questions that I received over on the Rural Woman Podcast Facebook community. And speaking of, if you're not a part of the community yet, make sure you join. It is a group of 600 plus women and a few token men who love to chat about agriculture and to support one another. And we get into some pretty good conversations over there. So make sure you go over to Facebook and you can look up Wild Rose Farmer on there, or you can look up the Rural Woman Podcast community and join in all of the other wonderful listeners of this very podcast. Before we get to today's episode with yours truly, let's go over our review of the week. This week's listener review comes from M underscore Ben via Apple Podcast. This five-star rating and review is titled, My Favorite. This podcast has been a game changer for me. I always dreamed about the farming or ranching life thinking that it could never be possible. But after listening to all of these amazing women, I'm so inspired to pursue my dreams. Thank you, Caitlin, for introducing me to all of these incredible ladies. My Instagram stories are perfectly filled with all things farming and ranching. Well, thank you so much for your kind rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. And like I say every week, my friends, if you are enjoying the show, please leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the show and you can hear your kind words on an upcoming episode. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode with all of your amazing questions. Okay, let's get down to business. Whenever I say that, I think of Mulan. If you were born in the 90s, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Okay, our first question comes from our Wisco farm, our Wisconsin farm uh, over on Instagram. And she writes, what are you most excited about in 2021? Oh boy, Uh, for 2020 to be over first of all, but uh, (laughs) uh, I'm excited of 2021. I'm always excited for our 
like our next growing season and being excited for spring and that kind of stuff. Um, I think I honestly feel like there is a light at the end of the tunnel with all of the craziness due to COVID. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to getting back to our new normal. I don't think things will go back to normal like they were pre-2020, but there'll be a new normal. And I think some things will be better and other things obviously will be different. I'm not going to say they're going to be bad. They're just going to be different. So one more question from our friend. What skills do you want to learn in 2021? This is also a very good thinking question. I think what I want to learn more in 2021 isn't necessarily a skill, but one thing that I really want to focus on is what makes me happy and what brings me passion and also what makes me money because <laughs> I feel like there's so many things that I would do if I had unlimited funds to do whatever I wanted and didn't have to worry about feeding my family. <laughs> so I think I'm going to focus on the things that I do that bring me happiness and bring me joy that also are separate from making an income and also the things that bring me an income that also make me happy. I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. But yeah, that is, that's what the plan is for 2021. I have some fun things that I want to do for the podcast and I have ideas of things that I want to do and expand that uh, on our farm um, for gardening and for that kind of stuff. Not necessarily the crops because Mr. Wild Rose Farmer, he's the brains behind the operation when it comes to that. But I'm always interested to learn what he wants to do and what he wants to bring to the farm and what we can do together and all of that good stuff. Okay, next question from Rosalyn underscore M. Do you guys take time away from the farm and how do you manage it? Favorite vacations? Okay, so pre-COVID and pre-2020, uh, we typically are able to get away in the winter together. Um, in the past, uh, Justin and I have been able to kind of get away separately during the busier times, which isn't always ideal because I would like to take a uh, summer vacation with my spouse, but that doesn't always happen. So we've been able to do kind of one-off things. And then usually in the winter is when we're able to take time off of the farm together. And Typically, we're able to do that because we don't actually own livestock year-round. So the goats and cows that I've had are my spring and summer projects, and then they are typically sold in the fall, and then I have my winters to kind of hibernate in the house and uh, not go out. So I like to refer to myself as a fair-weathered farmer, um, <laughs> and this also allows us to get away during the winter, there's obviously stuff to do. Equipment needs to be fixed and grain needs to be sold. But usually we can kind of swing at least a week or two. Funny story, we actually were away on vacation. Uh, it was the end of February, beginning of March. We were down in the States in California and we had a really fun vacation. And that's when you're asking my favorite vacation. I absolutely love going to Palm Springs, California. If you guys have never been there, it's the best. I love it there in that area. It's a lot of old retired people, but that's kind of more of my my speed anyways. But anyways, we were down in Palm Springs and we kind of did a loop and we were having fun and then 
COVID kind of ramped up and they talked about closing the border. So we had to make a mad dash to get home to Canada. So that was, uh, I say my favorite vacation because it was probably my last vacation. And I'm really, I'm really mourning the loss of uh, our winter vacation, but we will, we will make do this year. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Rural Root Holly has a couple questions here. If you could change one thing about the way we advocate, what would it be? This might be controversial. <laughs> I think the word advocate, I don't know if I really like it. I really, I look at it from the perspective of coming from outside of agriculture and then coming in. Advocating is, I feel like, kind of preachy. I think advocating for our industry is the word that we should be using and the word that should have always been used. I think that sometimes farmers and ranchers and people in this industry, we're so isolated and sharing our story to the outside world can be kind of scary. And this also ties into this also ties into Rural Root Holly's second question. Why do you think it's mostly first generation farmers that talk openly on social media? I think because first-generation farmers come from outside of agriculture, we know what the general public doesn't know. And multi-generational farmers who were brought up this way haven't been exposed to not knowing where their food comes from. In a sense, like I, I understand that not every farmer or rancher knows about every single industry specifically, but they know about theirs. So coming from outside of agriculture and not knowing where my food comes from gives me a different perspective. And I think that's the thing that I would like to see change or the thing that I would like to see improved on. Instead of shaming the general public about not knowing where their food comes from, be empathetic and understanding that this is something that they don't know about. You probably don't know about their industry and what they do, the ins and outs and all of that kind of thing. And that's okay. And and I don't think that we should be expected to know absolutely everything about our industry. And that's one thing I think Courtney DeHoff and I had a conversation about this on her podcast is that it's kind of intimidating being somebody in agriculture who shares the stories of other people in agriculture and you actually don't know everything about what they're talking about. But I think that's also a good thing because that leaves you interested and fascinated and asks questions and all of these kinds of things and leaves you learning and leaves the door open for learning. So I think that's what people in agriculture need to be better at. And I hate saying that because I come from outside of agriculture. I I wasn't born and raised this way, but I think we can all do better, even as first generation farmers, of sharing what we know and not necessarily being preachy about it, but just, you know, this is what we do and this is why we do it. And knowing your why behind that, I think makes it a lot easier. So if you know your why and you know why you're sharing this, then I think I think that helps. I hope that makes sense. I hope I answered both of your questions with my ramblings. So, (laughs) okay, next question from la.zinger. It's an economics question. In Canada, is there a wealth gap for farmers if you're from a different province? I actually looked at this question uh, before I started recording and I had to look it up. See, we don't know everything. (laughs) 
about our industry in our in our province or in our country or in our world. So I actually went on to uh, the Google and I looked up Stats Canada uh, for uh, this one was released in 2019. So realized net farm income rises as increases in receipts exceed grain in expenses. That's very hard to say. <laughs> okay, so realized net income is the difference between a farmer's cash receipts and operating expenses minus depreciation plus income in kind. Okay, so this is what it says. The realized net income of Canadian agricultural producers rose for the first time in three years, up 10.4% to $4.9 billion in 2019. Higher cannabis and livestock receipts combined with increased program payments just offsets rising operating expenses. This follows a 37.4% decline in 2018 when sharply higher input costs and lower canola receipts pushed net farm income lower. Okay, so what this means for each province, increases in realized net income were recorded in Alberta at plus 425 million. Quebec was plus 373 million. British Columbia was plus 102 million. New Brunswick was plus 41 million. And Prince Edward Island was plus 20 million. With smaller increases in cannabis receipts and reduced oilseed receipts, Saskatchewan was minus 311 million. And Manitoba was minus 179 million, recorded the largest declines in realized net farm income. So obviously there are are obvious uh, differences between each of the provinces. I'm going to put the link to this uh, statistic in today's show notes if you want to look at it more. And honestly, guys, I don't know a lot about this. So if you are listening to this and you know more about it, please send me a DM or an email and uh, we can talk more about it and more about the stats because that's pretty interesting. The next question comes from lazuli.farms, and I apologize if I said that wrong. <laughs> Tell us about what equipment, apps, and software you use to help create your podcast. This is a good question. Um, I did my due diligence of my research on the Amazon for which microphone to buy. And to be honest, I didn't buy the most expensive one, and I didn't buy the most cheapest one, I think, it was about $70 and I don't even have the box anymore and it doesn't have the name on the microphone, but I can find it for you. If you're interested, you can always just reach out. Um, apps that I use um, when I do my own editing, I use Audacity, but for the most part, I have a wonderful fella named Max who does the majority of the editing for my shows. For my hosting platform, I use Libsyn. Um, if you're in the podcast world, you know what that means. Um, that's about it. Nothing really fancy. So one thing I want to say is apps or software that I use to help create my podcast. I think the most important one that I want to talk about and share is uh, Patreon. And that is what I use to help fund the expenses for my podcast because podcasting is not free. Um <laughs> And each and every month, I have a group of wonderful people who contribute financially to the podcast. You guys have heard me talk about all of this before, and I actually, I wouldn't be able to do this without them. Um, their financial support helps pay for the back end costs of the podcast. 
Uh, I haven't quite made it where my time has been paid for, um, but I'm working on it and I'm getting there. And a shameless plug, if you guys are interested in becoming a patron of the Rural Woman podcast, there is a giveaway going on right now for anyone who joins uh, Patreon before December 31st at midnight, you are going to be entered to win a Google Nest Mini, and that will be drawn in the new year. And I really, I truly, honestly, I say this over and over, but I really couldn't do it without my patrons. So thank you for all my current patrons. And if you guys love the show and you want to keep hearing it on a weekly basis, then I encourage you to become a patron. Uh, it can be as low as $2 a month. So that's what I have to say about that. Actually, there's one last thing. I promise, last thing. <laughs> Starting in 2021, I will be releasing Patreon-exclusive interviews that if you're a patron of the Rural Woman podcast at the $10 a month or higher, you will be able to listen to these episodes, uh, whether they be bonus episodes or full episodes. And that is just one way that I think I can add more value to being a patron of the Rural Woman podcast if, you know, supporting the stories of women in agriculture isn't of value enough. This is just one more thing that I can do to say thank you for spending your hard-earned money on sharing the stories of women in agriculture through the Rural Woman podcast, because I know there are a lot of people out there uh, in the podcasting world and in the creative space that are looking for financial support and I couldn't be more thankful for the people who have chosen me um, and supporting me through the podcast. So thank you very much. Again, I, I say thank you a million times to all my patrons for the Rural Woman podcast. Okay, next page. Cleopike03 asks, what did you want to be when you were little? Good question. I think at one point I actually wanted to be a dentist. Um <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I think, oh, I don't, I feel like I never really knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I think that's probably, we can go back to the finding my joy and finding my bliss question for what's to come in 2021. Um, I've always had an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit. Oh my God, I can't even say it, but I have the spirit of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> Oh, God, that's bad. But honestly, and I think I get it from my parents and mo more specifically my mom, and I have a family of entrepreneurs and small business owners. So that's always something that I've wanted to do. And so when I started my small shop, Shop Wild Rose Farmer, that was part of what I wanted to start it. And this podcast, too, is kind of my own little thing. So uh, yeah, at one point, I think I wanted to be a dentist, but I never thought I would grow up to be a farming, cat ranching, goat wrangling lady. So here I am. <laughs> you have heard me tell you all about the amazing benefits that come with being a patron of the Rural Woman podcast through Patreon, but I wanted to share with you a few testimonials from the patron gang themselves. Patron Annabelle writes, I became a patron so I could enrich my knowledge of the diverse world of agriculture. Although I live and breathe farming and ranching, there is a lot I don't know. I believe learning that how and why people do things will help me improve being a better rancher myself. 
This podcast also helps with the feeling of isolation. I hear the voices of ladies from all walks of life living a similar life to my own. This type of outreach is not only vital for us in the business, but those wanting to learn about the people growing and raising their food. I'm well aware that podcasts take an outstanding amount of time and money to create, so I felt like I, as well as others, can make a small monthly contribution that can help make a long-lasting podcast. Join Annabelle and the rest of the patron gang in supporting the stories of women in agriculture to be shared through the Rural Women podcast starting at $2 a month over on Patreon. Visit wildrosefarmer.com slash Patreon to learn more. Okay, next question. Prairie Heart Farm asks, if you could visit farms anywhere in the world, what country would you choose? That is a great question. Honestly, I think I would want to just visit anywhere that grows crops and it has to be hot out. So I would love to go to the South Americas and see what they're doing and see how their crops are grown. Um, And also, I think I would want to go to parts of the world where they do have really short growing seasons, like shorter than ours. Like ours are pretty short, but like in the colder climates. That's a great question. Where would you guys go? I want to know. Okay. Randall, my cousin, asks, favorite Christmas traditions, new and old? I have to say, I think my favorite Christmas tradition is on Christmas morning and Christmas breakfast with my family. We would have to wait for my papa to come, my mom's dad, my grandfather. He would have to come from his acreage to our house and a family friend would have to come to our house before we were allowed to open Christmas presents. So my brother and I would be sitting there vibrating, waiting for them to come. And my favorite memory is my papa coming in and we're like jumping all over him, waiting for him to get his cowboy boots off and come in the living room so we can open presents. But then he would take his time and he would go and get his cup of coffee and stir in his coffee mate and <laughs> slowly make his way so we could open our presents. So I think that's kind of my favorite memory and tradition. We still have Christmas breakfast. Uh, my papa has passed away, but our family, our good family friend, Larry, Um, He still comes for Christmas breakfast, even though we are big kids now. So as for new Christmas traditions, hmm, I think I just like the quiet now. (laughs) My husband and I don't have kids and we're able to kind of just take it slow and take it easy and go and visit our family. But I think it's just the slowness and the quietness for now that is my favorite. And this year, obviously is a weird year depending on where you're from and if there's restrictions or not. So it's going to be a very quiet Christmas. And though it won't be the same as always, I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. My friend Flying Pig Cattle Co. asks, if you had to move to the States, where would you move and what would you farm? Honestly, I think I'm going to be moving to your farm, Sarah Beth, and we would have the craziest funny farm you would ever see. (laughs) And after we were done there, we would go to California and we would grow oranges and grapefruits because it's warm and beautiful. That's what I'm going with. 
Crooked Lake Farm asks, what made you start podcasting? Well, my experience with agriculture and podcasting started way back when I was mowing some stubble in one of our fields and uh, I was listening to podcasts and while I was mowing and also watching Instagram stories while I was mowing. So don't tell my, well, my husband already knows why I have crooked lines. The story has been told, but uh, I was watching Instagram stories and I saw all of these amazing women in agriculture and they were sharing their stories and I was just so inspired by them. And I was looking for a podcast myself to listen to uh, that had to do with agriculture. And I really didn't find any that were speaking to me and any of them that were sharing exclusively the stories of women in agriculture. So that's kind of how it all got started. It was it was an idea in my head that I wanted to share these stories and how could I do this more effectively. And I googled, how do you start a podcast? And here we are almost two years later. So that's the story. Okay, Kelsey Jorison Olison, my good friend. Do you have any hacks for working at the computer, glasses, posture, etc.? Okay, well, my setup here in the Rural Woman Podcast Studios is uh, quite fancy. I have a uh, old desk that was my sister-in-law's at one point while she was a child. And uh, <laughs> I, I sit on, I don't sit on a chair. I sit on one of the big fitness balls. I don't even know what they're called, but I sit on that and I thought it would give me better posture and make me sit up straighter, but I don't know if it actually does. Um, but it makes me more intentional while I'm sitting here because if I'm not thinking about sitting here, then I might fall off this giant ball. <laughs> As for glasses, I do have blue light blocker glasses. I think I got them from um, Firmu is what it was called. I don't know if they're legit or not, but they're cute. And I think I look real fancy while I'm sitting here. So I try and remember to wear my blue light blocker glasses as much as possible. But uh, as for hacks, I don't know if I have any. I have terrible posture. <laughs> if anybody has better hacks, uh, please message me or Kelsey. <laughs> okay. R.A.Jarman asks, what is your favorite thing to ask a guest? I think my favorite question is the last question that I ask all of my guests is what is the most rewarding part about being a farmer or a rancher or a fancy lady cowgirl or any of the things that they are? And uh, typically those are the deep answers that I get. And lots of them are the reason that I started this show and the reason that I wanted to share these stories of women in agriculture because of the deep love that we all have for our lifestyle here. Billy Jean Loader, Lauder, sorry, Billy. <laughs> Will you be getting goats next year? Billy, I read this question and I uh, discussed it with my husband before we started recording. And uh, I asked him, somebody asked, Will I be getting goats next year? And like, how many? And my husband's response was, is it really like how many or just like how many feels right when you go to the auction? <laughs> which is, which is true. Yes, it is my goal and my, uh, my plan to get goats next year. And again, I just, just the, the burning question is how many will Caitlin bring home from the auction? That's always the, the big question. All right. 
I have a couple questions from our dear friend, Annabelle Morgan. Annabelle asks, what's your dream vacation and what's your favorite meal besides tacos? Oh, man, these are burning questions here. All right, what's your favorite meal besides tacos? Honestly, anything that I don't have to cook is my favorite meal. <laughs> because I really do love tacos. All right, what's your dream vacation? Anywhere tropical with sand and uh, places that I don't have to cook. I honestly, I, I would go anywhere right now. Tiffany asks, do you have a favorite kitten? Well, Tiffany, I chalked this question up to being like, when you ask a mother, do you have a favorite child? They're supposed to say no, but obviously we all know that every mother has a favorite child. <laughs> and please take that response with a grain of salt because I am childless. <laughs> um, favorite kitten. I don't know, man. They all have, they're my favorites for so many different reasons. I have to say one of my favorite cats, unfortunately, met his demise this year, Peter. Um, he was my first farm cat gifted to me from my husband that he found on the side of the road. So that always holds a special place for my heart. Um, but I have to say like of recent cats, um, Doug, my black cat with his little white paws, he's, he's my fave because he's just so sweet and cuddly. And I think it's because his testosterone hasn't kicked in quite yet and we all know what happens when when that happens. So for now, he's my fave. <laughs> Thank you for a cat ranching question, Tiffany. My friend Deborah Fiddler asks, where is the sour cream? <laughs> if you guys have been my friend on the interwebs for any time now or when we first went into lockdown, you may have seen uh, the sour cream container war that I had with Mr. Wild Rose Farmer. And... Uh, each one of us being stubborn and refusing to throw out the uh, expired sour cream container, even though it should have been him. Um, Deborah, I would love to tell you where the sour cream is, but that would ruin my husband's Christmas surprise if he listens to this episode. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Emily Varney. Oh, I said that so wrong. I'm sorry, Emily. Emily asks, what does your morning routine look like with love from Ontario? Thanks, Canadian girlfriend, for that question. I'm sorry I butchered your name. Uh, my morning routine. Um, I don't actually talk about this a whole lot because it's kind of something that is sacred to me. I, it's, uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people on the interwebs, uh, people who are known as influencers, share their morning routines with lots of people. And it actually, that's what has helped inspire me to have my own morning routine. So I guess I can I can open the vault of that. Uh, my favorite thing to do, if I could pick my favorite morning, I get up and uh, if I'm nice to myself, I set my coffee to start brewing the night before and uh, I grab that cup of coffee. My first cup of coffee, I actually sit on the side of my bathtub and I soak my feet in warm water with peppermint oil and I just sit there and I enjoy my warm cup of coffee. I have a gratitude journal that I write in as well as another journal that I just doodle and write all of my dreams and ideas that come to me while I'm sitting there kind of in relaxation. It's kind of like my meditation. And then after that, 
if I'm also good to myself, I will go and do a quick workout. And typically in the morning is when I have most of my creative juices flowing. So that's when I'll come into my office and do work on podcasting and work on my website and all of those kinds of things. And then I start my day and go to work and do what needs to be done today. So that's my morning routine. If you guys have any other questions about it, you can you can feel free to ask me, but I don't know if I'm if I'm that inspiration for you <laughs> as others have been to me. <laughs> okay, Chatworth Farm asks, what's your favorite farm-related Christmas gift? Okay, so I didn't get this for Christmas this year, but for my birthday this year, um, my dad my sweet pa, he bought me a great farm-related gift and it was a new pair of gumboots. And uh, if you guys saw my gumboots from earlier this year, I bought a really, really cheap pair from PB Mart and they actually ended up splitting and there was orange duct tape all over them. And uh, my dad would come out to the farm and just shake his head like, why don't you go buy yourself a new pair of gumboots? And it's like, well, why would I spend money on myself? So <laughs> he bought me a pair of nice muck boots for for my birthday. And they have been a lifesaver and they have kept my feet warm and dry. So thanks, Pa, for that great gift. Okay, Kalina Hunsflim. I hope I said that right, Kalina. Asks, what is the next creature you want to add to your farm? Maybe a pot belly pig. I love the suggestions. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> for now, I think I'm okay with sticking to the goats and maybe a bottle calf. I've thought about doing chickens, but I don't know how that will work in my my fancy seasonal farmer role. If you can get chickens in the spring and sell them in the fall. If you guys know more about chickens, please share that with me. But uh, yeah, like I said, my my livestock on the farm is more of a hobby for now, so I have to really like maintain and realize that the amount of time that I need to spend on my livestock is the hobby level amount versus doing this for an income because it is not creating me an income that is sustainable or I'm able to live on. <laughs> Stace Corn 18. What do you do in your spare time away from the Rural Woman podcast and from farming? Well, in the year 2020, not a whole heck of a lot because there hasn't been a whole lot to do. But uh, honestly, in my spare time, I really, I I miss my friends. I miss seeing them and being able to see them and hug their babies and have coffee with them and that kind of stuff. So that's what I prefer to do in my spare time. Um, I like reading. I also like listening to podcasts and audiobooks. So that's, I do that a lot. Um, and I recently learned how to hand knit. So I've been doing that also in my spare time, which has been kind of therapeutic. So that's been nice. CM Bryce 33 asks, what is the story of how you got into farming? I'm kind of new here. Well, welcome. Thank you for joining me here on the Rural Woman podcast, Wild Rose Farmer and the Cat Ranch and all of the things. Um, my story of how I got into farming is Simply, I married into it. And when I married into farming, I didn't actually know I was marrying into it. I just thought I was marrying a farmer. But truth be told, if you marry somebody who is a farmer, you are marrying into the lifestyle. And that's honestly something that I wish I knew more about before getting married. Not saying that I wouldn't have gotten married, but just so I would have been better mentally prepared to get into 
agriculture and this lifestyle because like we all know if if you're not from here you it's a whole new world let's just say that but yeah i married into it um i was a full-time employed lady outside of the farm for about nine months into our marriage and through a mental breakdown spiritual awakening i quit my full-time fancy job and became a full-time farmer in training so that is me in a nutshell prairie heart farm asks what is your favorite piece of equipment I had to think about this and I thought, well, is it the tractor or like, is it like a swather or like a big piece of equipment that I know how to drive, that kind of thing. And then I thought, no, my favorite piece of equipment that I own here on this farm, which I don't own a lot of things here on this farm, but the one thing that I do own and I love is my post pounder, just this bright red metal post pounder. And the reason I say this is because the first year I had goats and I had to set up their electric net fencing and I was pounding posts into the hard ground um, in the corners. I was using a hammer and I would stand on the back of the truck and it just took me forever and my posts would fall over because I wouldn't pound them deep enough into the ground and I obviously should have had a post pounder then. And that is the one thing that at the end of the season, I was like, I need to go get a post pounder for, for next year. And I did. I went and bought a fancy new red one all by myself. And I was real happy about it. And then I got home with it. And Justin says to me, oh, we have one of those in the barn. You didn't need to buy one. And literally, my friends, I almost pounded him with the post pounder. Because it's like, you saw me struggling. Why didn't you tell me we had one of these things? He's like, oh, well, I thought you knew. And you just liked working out harder. I don't know. <laughs> So that is my favorite piece of equipment on the farm and the funny story behind it. If it's, if it's, it's funny now, right? Because, you know, everyone's still alive. So that's good. <laughs> Lens of a farm wife asks, if you could pick up one farm task to never have to do again, what would you eliminate and why? Pounding posts into the ground with a hammer would be one of them. But one of the first jobs that I was given as a farmer in training, and I've actually talked about this on the podcast with uh, Leslie Bauer, rock picking is uh, not necessarily my favorite job or really anything. Garbage picking, rock picking, hemp fiber picking, anything that you have to do in the field where you have to walk around and pick things up because it takes forever Things are heavy and uh, it's not my favorite thing to do. And as Leslie said, her children growing up, they got to do that and then they moved away and then they didn't have to do that. So then that falls back on the farm wife. So it's not something that I love to do. <laughs> okay, Gina's Acres, she asks, no question, but can't wait to listen. Let me know if you ever need any interviews last minute. Well, thank you, Gina. If you guys saw my Instagram story yesterday of me saying, please ask me questions because my interview this week canceled last minute, I appreciate it. If you guys want to be on the show, the best way to let me know is by filling out the application form over on wildrosefarmer.com. I get lots of DMs of suggestions of people and people saying, hey, if you ever need somebody, like, let me know. And I love that and I appreciate it. But 
it's hard for me to keep track of all of those places. So there is a really easy form to fill out over on wildrosefarmer.com. Just fill it out. Let me know. Give me your contact information and I will be in touch and we can set up your interview time and all of the things. One thing I want to say is I did get a DM this morning before I started recording and I, they said, hey, if you ever need anybody, let me know. And I said, great. Have you filled out the form? And they were like, no, because I've seen the forum a million times and I'm just intimidated that my story isn't put together enough or any of the things. And if you're listening to this now and you have felt the same thing, please don't. I try and make my guests feel as comfortable as possible being recorded and hearing their own voice back to them and all of the things. But your story matters just as the last 80 some odd people stories matter. So I love sharing your story, no matter how big or small you think it is. So if you're interested in being a guest on the Rural Woman podcast, please, please, please go over to wildrosefarmer.com and fill out the form. Wildberry Farm Market asks, what is your favorite thing about farming? And also, what is the biggest challenge? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I think I can speak for a few people on this. My favorite thing about farming is farming alongside my husband. And that is also the biggest challenge. <laughs> Being a newlywed and having your new lovely husband be your boss can sometimes uh, be a little tense, but uh, learning how to navigate that and be a team and be married and all of the things that has been a whirlwind for the last almost four years. So, and that's something that um, I love because I'm able to see him and I'm able to be with him for most of the day, but also it's a challenge because you need to get away and you need to have your own stuff. So that's kind of, you know, one big awkward answer to give you. <laughs> my Also, my favorite things about farming is I love animals. I'm an animal lover, if you don't know that about me already. So having the opportunity to have animals and be around them is something that I absolutely love. And that also obviously brings challenges because uh, learning the difference between a pet and livestock has been something that has been uh, a big learning curve for me and it's been hard. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of, that's my answer. My husband and animals, that's what I like. And they're also challenging. <laughs> Okay. Lex the Veggie asks, hey there, I'm an egg grad in Vermont and would love to know some pathways to land ownership. Well, that's a good question. I don't have the answer for you, but uh, it does come to mind that a recent guest on the show, Dahlia Dill, back on episode 80, diversification, diversification and direct marketing. Um, she shares a kind of an interesting way how she went to land ownership in Vermont. So make sure you check out that episode and connect with Dahlia. All right. Last two questions. Katrina Edge asks, favorite type of goat? Well, I just love them all. <laughs> Honestly, I have a special place in my heart for boar goats only because that was the breed of my first two, Captain and Cowboy, and they were so great. 
and they had great temperament and they were super friendly and they did their job and ate lots of food and went and provided um, some nourishment for a family. So they were my favorite. So I really like boars. But honestly, uh, last, not last year, I guess. Yeah, it was last year. Last year when I went and purchased some new goats, I really, really loved my sweet Nubians. They were really great and well-tempered. They are obviously more of a dairy goat, but they uh, did a great job of cleaning up some weeds on the farm. So honestly, it's like the mother picking their favorite child. How do you pick your favorite? I'm not sure. <laughs> and my sweet friend Rochelle Barrett asks the last question, where do you see yourself in five years? Well, Rochelle, older, hopefully wiser, uh, definitely older. I don't know if I'll be wiser, but <laughs> uh, I hope to have more of, I hope to have more of a contributing role to the farm in a sense that I have more duties and responsibilities that are specific to me. And what I mean by that is my husband is kind of the jack of all trades and knows all of the things when it comes to the farm. But I'm hoping with our collaborative team effort that we are able to do some big projects that we've been talking about that I can't really share, um, but some exciting things hopefully happening on Dubin Farms. I obviously hope that the Rural Woman podcast has grown exponentially in five years and I'm able to continue to share more amazing women in agriculture, in farming, ranching, agribusiness, all of the sectors of agriculture. And I hope that in five years, we're able to connect more on a face-to-face level and see each other face to face and all of the things. So I don't have a specific plan, Rochelle, if that's what you're asking. If you're hoping for tips and advice, I don't have them. (laughs) But I'm just going to keep sharing the stories of women in agriculture and sharing my own story and connecting with amazing people. And yeah, that's it. That's it, my friends. I hope you have enjoyed my rambling. I really appreciate all of the questions that you guys asked me. Um, It's always kind of a shot in the dark when you put up the question box and see if anybody's going to have anything to ask. And sometimes I'm like, well, I'm not that interesting. Like, what could you ask? So hopefully I've said some interesting things to you as a thank you all for writing in and asking me your questions. I have put all of your names in a random name generator and I'm going to send you a little thank you and something something from me here at the Rural Woman Podcast as a a thank you for being a part of the show today. So through random name generation, the winner is Kalina Hunsflem. And I'm sorry if I said your Instagram handle wrong, (laughs) but send me a DM with your name and mailing address and I will pop a little something in the mail for you just as a thank you for taking part in this episode today. It's always kind of, I'm always like, is anybody going to ask me a question? Like, I feel like I'm an open book. Ask me a question anytime. But honestly, you guys, thank you so much again for all of your questions today. If you guys ever have a topic that you want me to do a solo show about, you can always send me a suggestion, either a DM on Instagram or send me an email at hello at wildrosefarmer.com. I will be 
recording a couple episodes next week, and then I will be taking a short break over the holiday season, and we'll be back with brand new episodes in the new year. I'm so happy and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you guys listening. Thank you again so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast, and we will see you guys back here real soon. Friends, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. Starting in January 2021, you can hear bonus content from this interview as well as others over on Patreon. Joining and supporting sharing the stories of women in agriculture through the Rural Woman podcast just got better. Starting at the $10 a month tier or higher, you get bonus episodes, exclusive content, discounts, merchandise, and more. Don't forget, you can join the patron gang over on Patreon from now until December 31st, 2020, and be entered to win a Google Nest Mini, where you can listen to all of your favorite episodes of the Rural Woman podcast. To learn more, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. Friends, thank you again so much for tuning in to this week's episode, and we will see you back here real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.